interesting um, text about judgment. And um, I walk into this text humbly. <laughs> uh, I was even shocked to even realize that chapter 36 and chapter 37 comes after 38 and 39. Wow. I thank God for Jack. <laughs> so um, we'll be looking at this text here. Um, which is dealing with comfort for God's people. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the book of Isaiah is divided into three main parts. Uh, the book of Isaiah is divided into three main parts. The first part is judgment against Israel. So the first part is judgment against Israel. And the second part is judgment against foreign nations. And then the last part is restoration for the people of God. Hallelujah. So there are three main parts of the book of Isaiah. From chapter 1 to chapter 12, it's about judgment towards Israel. He's talking about Israel, the people of Israel. And then the second part, Isaiah now is looking at the foreign nations. He's looking at the foreign nations. So from chapter 13 to 39, he's talking about foreign nations. And from chapter 40, he's talking about comfort, restoration, and good stuff coming. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? So, did you get the three parts I said? Did you get the three parts? Okay, so Isaiah is like a watchman who is sitting on a wall of the city. Hallelujah. I'd like you to get the mood of the text. But I want to also um, tell you that the restoration part of Isaiah is also in three parts. The first part is the condition of restoration. Why does God need to restore them? Uh, so from chapter 40 to 66, it's all, uh, you have the first part that is condition of restoration. The second part is the instrument of restoration. Who is God going to use to bring restoration? That's the second part for the part of restoration. Uh, and we know that Jesus will be the one, the gospel will be the one that God will use to bring restoration. And then the last part will be the result of restoration. What will happen when people are restored and the kingdom is restored. Amen. Isaiah sits like um, he sits like a watchman on the hill, on the city, on the wall of the city. And Isaiah in his spirit is like, and I'm sure that you guys all know that most of these cities had walls. Uh, although Isaiah was living in the city, his heart was on the mountain, was on the wall of the city as a watchman who is watching over the city and watching what is also going on in the foreign nations. Hallelujah. So the first part of Isaiah, Isaiah is sitting on this wall and is watching into the city and telling them, hey, be careful. Don't do this. Don't come. Don't go. Don't do all that. At the point, Isaiah turns his eyes from the people and starts to look at the foreign nations and starts to prophesy to the foreign nations. The first kingdom he deals with is Babylon. And he continues from Babylon and he finishes again with Babylon. So from chapter 13 to chapter 39, it's, he deals with chapter 13 from Babylon. Chapter 39 is still Babylon. And from there now, he starts to look into the, the future. He lifts his eyes from these people, from looking at the city. He lifts his eyes from looking at um, the foreign nations. And he begins to look into the foreign heavens. He begins to see into foggy things, things that I'm not sure he was really understanding what he was talking about. 
Hallelujah. Amen. So, Isaiah is dealing with these people. Now, I want you to know that as Isaiah is sitting on the, on the wall and is dealing with them from chapter 1 to chapter 5, he's dealing with things that he's worried about. But the people are not worried. They are not worried. Stop! Stop stealing! Stop! Stop! Mm -mm -mm. No worry. They were not concerned. Hallelujah. And in chapter 6, God calls him. Chapter 7, Isaiah meets this king Ahaz, who is now worried about a threat from the next nation, which was Ephraim. So Ephraim had gathered a few people, and Ephraim was coming to attack him. Isaiah meets king Ahaz. King Ahaz is very worried. Isaiah says, I am also not worried about your case. So king is worried. Isaiah is not worried. This is the mood of the text we are looking at. Hallelujah. And then it continues. Isaiah begins to be worried about Babylon. And he tells them, Babylon is going to come. God is going to use him as an instrument to judge you. The people are not worried. They are all concerned. Then Assyria comes along. And Assyria begins to attack the people. Then the king and the people are very worried. That's where Pastor Jack was preaching from. King Hezekiah was very worried that a foreign nation was coming to attack him. Isaiah says, I am also not worried. What you are worried about, I am not worried. What I am worried about, you are not worried about. So they were playing this game. Each time they would tell Isaiah something, Isaiah said, mm -mm, it doesn't mean anything. Then Isaiah would say, this is coming, watch it. They also say, mm -mm, it doesn't also mean anything. So who is Isaiah talking to? At the point, Isaiah is tired. Isaiah says, I am talking to them. They are not worried. They are not concerned. They are also telling me some things. I am also not concerned about them. I'm not concerned about what they are concerned about. Because Isaiah was sitting on the wall of the city. You see, if you are sitting on the wall of the city, you cannot be so concerned about what is going on down there. So Isaiah begins to lift his eyes. And the Lord begins to show him that restoration is going to come. Hallelujah. But I would like you to know that as Isaiah is looking at the restoration, you remember last week Pastor Jack was telling you that he told King Hezekiah that Hezekiah, these Babylonians who have come to look into your treasuries, they are going to come and take away everything. And Hezekiah says, I, I, I don't really care. I, I, it is not my problem. As Pastor Jack said, it is not my onions. It is the onions of, if it is my children, fair, fine deed. I, I don't know whether you are beginning to see the heart of Isaiah. He's talking to them. They are not concerned. They are rather concerned about some other things that he finds them trivial. So Isaiah, from chapter 40, begins to look beyond captivity. Hallelujah. Isaiah is now looking beyond captivity. He's looking beyond 150 years. 170 years, 200 years, even into our time today, after Jesus will come. He's beginning to look from chapter 40 to 66 to the end of the world. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. Would you be concerned with what Isaiah is concerned about? Would you be concerned with what heaven is concerned about? That's the question today. Because the people he spoke to were not concerned. All his prophecy meant nothing. We're not concerned. I pray that you'll be a watchman with the heart of God. Hallelujah. So Isaiah begins to look at blessings that will follow captivity. Things that will follow the captivity. The things that God is going to do after this captivity is over. And the first thing he deals with is the verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. That her sin has been paid for. Hallelujah. That she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her her sins. Now, that doesn't really mean that God is exacting double. Now, in the Old Testament, God told them, if you steal, you have to pay back twice. But this is not what this means. This means that God was saying, enough, enough with your problems. I am finishing with it. But God goes straight to deal with a problem. He says, that's her sin. Her sin. The captivity and all the problems is because of her sin. So he looks at the problem. Hallelujah. He looks at the problem. And he says, this is why we need to comfort you. This is why we need to have restoration. This is why God will send his son to come and save us. Sin is nicely described in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. It says, all we like, sh like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own separate ways. Hallelujah. But God has something interesting. God is so interesting. He deals with the first problem. He deals with the obstacle. The thing that stands between them and him. He says, I will pardon your sin. I will pardon your sin. Sin has been dealt with. Can I say that again? The problem of sin has been what? Dealt with. There's no more sin problem in this world. Some of you will beat me up. The problem of sin has been what? Dealt with. God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus took away the iniquity of us all. Sin has been dealt with. You know, I wonder why the church is not excited. When you come to church and you are not excited, if you don't have money in your pocket, it doesn't mean anything. As Isaiah says, you, you don't have money in your pocket, it doesn't mean anything. Isaiah says, I am more excited about something else. There's something else on my heart I'm excited about. I can see God pardon sin forever. I can see God take away this issue that blocks him and his people. I can see him take it away forever. And he saw Jesus. He saw how the sin was laid upon him. Ah. Hallelujah. Give somebody a high five to the person you have no sin problem. 
Give somebody a high five from you. I have no sin problem. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, verse 31. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Thank you, Father. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And the house of Judah. Are you there? Are you there? Uh-huh. The house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers. When I took them by the hand and to lead them out of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. Verse 33. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they will know me for, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. And this is what I like. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins. No. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will remember their sins no more. You see, I don't know whether, you know, there's, there's something, those of you who have done law, there's something called obliteration of your criminal records. I don't know what the term is. Is, is there something like that? There's something that says you can go to the justice office and demand that if you have been in prison before or you have done something wrong, you can demand that all your criminal records will be obliterated. All your criminal records could be wiped away, which means that although you have been to prison, maybe you have been pardoned, maybe you have come out of prison, but your records could be wiped away. And God says, not only am I forgiving you, not only am I pardoning you, I am taking away your criminal records. So when you start to talk about your sins, the angels are checking in heaven. What is he talking about? They are typing the computer. What is he saying? It doesn't exist here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2 verse 2. First John chapter 2 verse 2. I think I need to I need to say something about this. First John 2 verse 2. He says he is the atoning sacrifice of our sins. Now now in other versions he says he is the propitiation. The propitiation. Propitiation means something that appeases the wrath of God. Propitiation means to appease, to appease. You know, when you are, some of us who are from some of our places, you know, we are going to see a small God. We are going to see a small God. You go with a small um, a hen or a goat. Uh, and when the goat, when the man sees the goat, he says, uh-huh, you are ready to come. Because that goat, when the blood of that goat comes out, it's saying that it is pacifying. It is appeasing the wrath. Hallelujah. So he says, aha, uh -huh, thank you. I know what version is this. Thank you. And he is the propitiation of our sins. Which means that Jesus, Jesus is the one 
who appease the wrath of God. Hallelujah. In fact, the word atonement has two main words. The word atonement means propitiation and expiation. Propitiation means that the wrath is appeased. Expiation means that the sin is taken away. So the word atoning, it says that Christ is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not for ours only. Not for ours what? Only. But also for the sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. Which means that the world does not have a sin problem. This is where some of you beat me. Yes. The world has a faith problem. Not a sin problem. A believing problem of the sacrifice of Jesus for our sake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, you've got to be excited when you come to church. You've got to be excited about your Christian life. You've got to be excited. Why? Because sin has been dealt with. Because sin has been dealt with. Don't talk about you don't have a car. Don't talk about you don't have the money. Don't talk about you don't have a wife. Don't. Mm. Mm. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Romans 4. Romans chapter 4. Romans 4. Romans 4 from verse 5. Verse 6. Let me start from verse 6. Verse 6. David says the same thing. When he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. God credits righteousness apart from works. Hallelujah. He says blessedness. Bless. It shocked me. Blessedness. Which means that if my sins are pardoned, if my sins are taken away, I am blessed. It's amazing. Today we can only talk about, I see you having a limousine. I see you buying a land. I see you crossing over. I see you prospering. We've lost the blessedness of the kingdom. The blessedness of the kingdom is the forgiveness of our sins. Hallelujah. The obstacle that stood between us and God. That made it not possible for us to approach God. The blessedness of the man who called credit righteousness apart from words. Go to the next one, verse 7. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. Whose sins are covered. Never come to church feeling guilty. I'm telling you. No. Blessed is the man who sins the Lord will never count against him. I'm amazed that, that, that David is calling these things blessings. The blessings after captivity. Hallelujah. So Isaiah, Isaiah looks at, he looks at it and he says, wow, the first blessing, the first blessing God is going to give is this blessing of covering and atoning for the sins of his people. Isaiah is sitting on a wall. He is not minding what they are doing. Neither is he minding what the other nations are doing. He's looking where? Into heaven. He's looking into the future. His eyes have caught certain things. I've caught certain things in the, in the realms of the spirit. And he says, I can see God. I can see God. 
paying for their sins. I'm not sure as I even understood it. Because what he was used to was that people would pay double for their sins. But now he was seeing that God himself will pay for their sins. And lo and behold, Bible says that and God came out of God. John chapter 1 verse 18. It says, and God came out of God to reveal God to man. God himself came to pay for our sins. I said God himself did what? Came to pay for our sins. I think Isaiah was confused. I think, no, no, no. What am I seeing? I'm not sure. God paid for their sins? No, I'm not sure. And today many people are also confused that God came to pay for our sins. Put this up for us. John chapter 1 verse 18. Let me just show you that person. John 1 18. He says what? No one has ever seen God but God, the one and only who is at the right side of the Father has made him known. Who is this one? Jesus. God came out of God. God came out of God. He says, wait here, I'm coming. I'm going to deal with the problem. I'm going down. And he came to solve the problem of sin. Hallelujah. The first blessing, tell somebody the first blessing. God deals with sin. Hallelujah. By paying for it himself. Thank you, Father. The next place. Isaiah 40 verse 3. Isaiah 40 verse 3. He says, he says, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare. He says, let me read it again. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Hallelujah. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, and the rugged places a plain, and the glory, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. Hallelujah. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He looks at this, he says, wow. As I is looking on the mountain, he's looking on the, on the wall, and he's seeing somebody. He's seen a voice calling to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the coming of the Lord. Now you realize that most times in the ancient world, before a king will travel, they will have to prepare the road. They will make the road level. One day I was here, I don't know whether some of you remember, that in Heinada here, we used to have trees in between the two roads. I don't know whether some of you are new. <laughs> This road was just made a few, few months ago. But, but there used to be trees in between these two roads. And the roads were just two. And one day I was here and I saw people cleaning everywhere. They were cleaning anything that could be cleaned. And they were arranging the trees, painting the trees. They were doing all sorts of stuff. I was like, what is happening? How come for once the neighborhood is so clean? amazed. Not knowing the king was coming. When the king is coming, there's preparation. 
I said, when the king is coming, there's what? Preparation. The king is coming, so somebody has to prepare. Hallelujah. And, and, and he says, I heard somebody preparing. Now, when you look at most of our African countries, when you are going to the, the, the house of the president, the roads are very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. He says, the mountains brought down. The hills brought down. The valleys are raised and leveled. Hallelujah. Why? Because the glory of the Lord. Because the glory of the Lord is coming. Who is this one to reveal the glory of the Lord? Hey. Hey. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was, was God. At the beginning, it was only words we were hearing. But there came a time in John chapter 1 verse 14. It says, God took up flesh. And the word became flesh and walked amongst us. Hallelujah. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only begotten of the Father. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The one who was supposed to reveal the glory of the Lord was Jesus. At first it was only words. It was only words. But there came a time. There came a time, and the Bible says that, and the word became flesh. The word took up flesh and came around to reveal the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. What are these mountains? What are these rugged places? What are these things that need to be leveled? Verse 15. Oh, go up there. First John. John chapter 1. John 1. I thought you were there. John 1. John 1 verse 15. Uh -huh. John chapter 1 verse 15. John. 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 Not Isaiah. John. Can you hear me? John 1. Ah. <laughs> Go to the 14. Go to the 14. 14 quickly. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John. John. Go. Verse 15. John testifies concerning him. He cries out. John testifies concerning him. Hallelujah. Somebody has to prepare the way of the Lord. So I was asking the Father, I was asking the Lord, I mean, what is, what is this preparation? What is this preparation? What is this mountains and valleys that stand in your way? That needs to be made plain. That needs to be leveled. What are these mountains? And 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Very quickly, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. Thank you, Father. Yes. It says, for though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds. To demolish, to demolish strongholds. I have the next one. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to, to Christ. We demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. You see, there are certain arguments and mindsets and ideologies that we have that blocks the revelation of the glory of God. And these things will have to be brought down. They will have to be made captive to the word of God. Hallelujah. 
We demolished them. I remember very well when I got married. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> Some of my dreams. I don't know whether you've gotten married with dreams before. Have you gotten married with dreams before? Did you get married with dreams? Did you get married having dreams? Oh, are you here? I got married having dreams. I had dreams. And I dreamt having food on the table. Served, you know, with knife and spoon and fork and yeah. Then I'll just come and sit down and eat when I finish. <laughs> Mindset. One day I was driving, I was I was in a taxi. And I was so worried that this my dream that I dreamt about is not coming to pass. I was so disturbed that having the food served on the table and all that, I am not getting it. I was very worried. And I was complaining in my heart. I was telling God, how am I not getting this thing? Is that how life will be forever? Then the Lord said, it is an idea, a stronghold, an ideology you got from your father and from your house. It is not in my word. He says, my word says, he who must be the leader must be the, the servant. I say, hey, I'm not talking to some people here. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are some ideas and arguments and pretensions and imaginations in your life that you need to bring down. It has to come down in the name of Jesus. Tell somebody by you, let it come down, let it come down. Let it not exalt itself above the word of God. These things will have to be brought down. We hear about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was one in the desert. In, in, in Matthew chapter 3, Matthew 3, we see John the Baptist in the desert. And, and, and I don't know why Matthew, Matthew refers, Matthew places this prophecy on the back of John. I don't think that Isaiah knew that the person would be called John. But John, Matthew chapter 3 verse 3, he says, this is, this is who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. Matthew 3 verse 3. This is who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path for him. How was John preparing the way of the Lord? He was very confrontational. He was confronting the ideas. He was confronting the minds. He was confronting the attitudes that were not in line with God's word. John would tell you, why are you sleeping with your brother's wife? That's why he was killed. He cannot keep quiet. Because he was called to prepare the way of the Lord. He would tell them, why are you stealing? Why are you fornicating? Why are you sleeping with somebody you are not married to? Prepare the way of the Lord. Drop the ideas that have become a stronghold in your mind. That's what God is looking for. So Isaiah saw this. Isaiah was glad. Isaiah said, wow, somebody is going to come to prepare. Somebody is going to come to rebuke. Somebody is going to come in the spirit of Elijah, in the spirit of Isaiah, in the spirit of Moses. There's somebody coming. Isaiah was glad. Isaiah said, we are blessed. We are blessed to have him. Confront the ideas. Confront the things that we have taken up that are not God's. The next one. The next blessedness that Isaiah talks about. This one makes my heart cool. Verse 6. Verse 6 to 8. A voice says, cry out. I said, what shall I cry? 
all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. Verse 7. The grass withers, and the flower falls, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely, the people are grass. But in the midst of this, the verse 8, the verse 8, the grass with us and the and flies fall, but the, Lord, but the word of the Lord stands forever. There is a time, there is a time in your life when everything is temporary. Nothing holds, nothing is firm. Businesses are falling. Businesses are suffering. The other time I was walking through the, 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 the road of, um, of Agdal, and I knew some businesses that were very, very functional. And, and, I, and I was surprised. Where, where is this store? Where is this business? Where is this food? Hey! After some time, they've all disappeared. Things are not stable. Relationships are not stable. Marriages undulating. They come up so nice, they look so powerful, they look like it will exist forever, but there comes a time when it falls. I don't know what you have trusted in. I don't know what you are trying to hold on to. But, but let me tell you that there are certain things that will not hold. Some of us have tried to hold on to education, it will not hold. We've tried to hold on to jobs, it will not hold. Even the climate is not holding. I was driving, I was coming from Setat this week. I was coming late in the night. And, and I just got into a fog. A very foggy, I couldn't, I couldn't drive. I had to just park. I had to park. I, and, then, and then later I started following all these huge trucks. I started following them quietly. <laughs> they were my guide. I said, what is happening? Even the weather, even the weather, the climate is not holding. Things are changing. Things are moving. Things are not stable. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. You've got to look just into the news and you realize that things are not stable. Nothing. Even the very fabric of our society. Family. Family is threatened. Even family. And he says, I hear a voice. He says, all men are like grass. Their glory is like the flower of the field. They come up, but they disappear. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord falls on them. Haggai chapter 2 verse 6. I was reading Haggai chapter 2 verse 6 the last time. I was telling you, he says, I will shake the earth. I will shake the heavens. I don't know, maybe some things are shaking your life here. Maybe, maybe you are trying to hold on to something, but it's not holding. Maybe you are trying forth, you are trying hard to hold. But Isaiah says, hmm, I can see something shaking. This is what the Lord says. In a little while, I once more shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land. Hallelujah. And it says, verse 7, verse 7, verse 7, go quickly. Verse 7, I will shake the nations, and the desire of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Things will be shaken in the whole earth, but the glory will be in this house. The glory will be in his presence. Hallelujah. Isaiah says, I see everything shaking. I see everything not standing. 
but the verse 8, the verse 8, Isaiah 40 verse 8, quickly, it says what? The grass with us and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. Hallelujah. If things are shaking in your life, Isaiah says you can hold to something. There's something you can hold to that will not shake. He calls it the word of the Lord. There's something you hold on to that will not shake. Don't shake. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Are you excited about the word of God? It does not change. The word that God has uttered will stand forever. It will stand forever. I say to stand forever. I say to stand forever. If things are shaking your life, hold on to God's word. You'll come back with a testimony in the name of Jesus. Hold on to God's word, somebody. It will not fail. It will not fail. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As I'm speaking to you now, I say it will not fail. It will not fail. Hebrews chapter 13. I love this one. Hebrews 13. Oh, thank you, Father. Hebrews 13. I love it. Mm, I love it. Ooh, I love it. Hebrews 13 verse 5. <laughs> he talks about some things from the verse, from this one coming. The verse 7, he says, marriage should be handled by all and the marriage bed kept clean for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Then he says, verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money. 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 Money is money. Somebody says money is blood. <laughs> money answers all things. It is a lie. <laughs> money can do all things. He says keep your lives free from money and be content with what you have. You see, he's trying to tell you, do not hold on to money. Don't let it become your security. But rather, but rather, content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. This word is true. Money will shake. The, 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 stock, the stock exchange will be shaking. Yeah. Money will shake. But it says what? God will never leave you nor forsake you. The next one. The next one. Go quickly. He says, so we say with confidence. You see, so we say with what? With confidence. Because God has said, because God has said, so we say. Tell somebody, because God has said, so we say. Say it again. Because God has said, so we say. Because he has said, we can also say. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. For what can man do to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, if things are shaking your life, because God has said, there's something God has said about your situation. I want you to hold on to what God has said. Hold on to that word. It will not fail. I promise you it will not fail. Ah, I'm telling you it will not fail. If you hold on to it. Hallelujah. Because he has said, I also say. Because he has said, I also say. Ah, you are sick. He said, I'm healed. I also say, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. He said he has pardoned me. He said he has forgiven me. Because he has said, I also say, I am pardoned. 
Say what he has said. Say what he has said. I say, say what he has said. Trust in the words he has said. And say what he has said. Shake somebody for me. Shake the person. Shake, shake, shake the person for me. Say what he has said. Shake somebody for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shake the person for me. Shake the Say what he has said. Yeah. I don't know why we like to say what we just think. Don't say what you think. Don't say what he has said. Say what he has said. He says, we fix our eyes on not what is temporal, but on what is permanent. Because what is permanent will endure forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What God has said, you cannot see it, but it is true. What God has said, you might not feel it, but it is true. What God has said might not relate to your circumstance, but it is true. It's true. What he has said. Ah, I'll always say what God has said. Even if I die, I'll still say what he has said. Even if you're dying, still say what you have said. Hallelujah. 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 There is no book in the Bible that is so detailed and exact in prophecy than Isaiah. He says, say what God has said. Say what God has said. Thank you, Father. I want to finish off with the last part here. The verse 9. Verse 9. Isaiah 40, verse 9. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on the high mountain. Go, you who bring good tidings to Jerusalem. Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know when you believe what God has said, you can say with boldness. You can say with boldness. Here is your, your God. You who bring good tidings to Zion. Go up, go up to the mountain of the Lord. Go up. Yes, 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 yes. Go up. Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. You can be afraid. You can be afraid to say what God says. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. God is calling many watchmen today to be on the city wall and to say what God has said. The next verse. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him. And his recompense accompanies him. Hallelujah. The next one. He turns his flock like a shepherd. Ah. He gathers the lambs in his arms. And carries them close to his heart. He gently leads them. Leads those who have young. Hallelujah. God comes to lead us. He comes to guide us. He comes to protect us. He comes to bring us to greener pastures. God is so good. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to encourage you that there's great news for us. There's great news if we would hold on to this word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put some, one, some 23 for me. Some 23. Thank you, Father. The Lord is my shepherd. Shall we say this together? Can we all say it together? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The next one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me quiet waters. Hallelujah. You shall be led beside quiet waters. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
I pray for calmness for every life that is troubled. I come against every turbulence in your life in the name of Jesus. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I pray. I pray for every broken soul here. Anyone whose soul who feels so depressed, anyone who feels so discouraged, may you be encouraged. May the Lord himself comfort you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be restored in your spirit. Be restored in your soul. Be restored in your flesh in the name of Jesus. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yes, the next one. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Hallelujah. He says, surely, goodness and love, goodness and mercy, goodness and grace will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I shall not fear. I shall not fear. Why? As I said, I saw the Lord himself becoming their shepherd. I saw God descending down and says, I am the good shepherd. I am the one to guide you. I am the one to lead you. I am the one to comfort you. As I was, as I was so blessed. And this is our time. Hallelujah. Shall we be on our feet as we spend some time to pray? Oh, thank you, Father. Jesus, your name is power. Oh, Jesus, your name is might. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name will break every stronghold. Oh, Jesus, your name is life. Let's sing again. Jesus, your name is power. Oh, Jesus, your name is power, is power. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name is life. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name will break every stronghold. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name. Yes. Go to the next verse. Jesus, your name is healing. Let's go. Jesus, it's healing. It's healing. Oh, Jesus, sing it out. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name. Will free and become team. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name is life. Jesus, your name is holy. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name. Oh, yeah, it's holy. Jesus, your name, Jesus, your name. Oh, yes. Jesus, your name, 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 Lift up your hands with me, everybody, in the name of Jesus.
Father, we thank you. Oh, yes, Lord. You said we have entered into a time of comfort. You have entered into a time where I am your shepherd. Yes, Father, I lift up every single heart here. I lift up every single situation represented here. In the name of Jesus, straight forth your hand. Straight forth your hand. Straight forth your hand. Straight forth your hand over every life, over every marriage, over every situation, over every single person here. Father, I pray that you minister. Minister to us, Lord Holy Spirit. Minister healing. Yes, you said you are the one who restores our soul. Restore our soul in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's somebody here, you came here with so much sadness. In the name of Jesus, we take it away. We take it away. We take it away in the name of Jesus. And may the joy of the Lord fill you. Fill your heart forever. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Any struggle that you are going through, any struggle that you are passing through, I pray for a calmness. I pray for a peace of mind. I pray for a resolution. I pray that God himself will touch it. Will touch you. Father, straight forth your hand. Straight forth your hand once more. We lift up our hands and surrender to you. We surrender our lives to you. We surrender our will to you. We surrender our ambitions to you. And we say, take control, Lord Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you are sick in your body, I pray in the name of Jesus. Be healed now. Be healed now. Be healed now. I chase every sickness, every disease, every infirmity in your body. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you worship. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. If you are here, you don't know the Lord, I want you to think about it. I want you to make a decision for him. Come and give that empty life to him so that he will fill it with his real life. Give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. We thank you and we bless your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Take your seat somewhere.